okay, so we are here today joined by our buddy Patrick Maxey. Start over, start over. Mm, See, this is the hard part about this thing, is it just rolls. If you guys could see his face, he's very awkward looking right now. He no, doesn't know stop. What to do. Do, do the for real thing. You gotta do an intro, you said. That was it. No, you gotta say like, hey, Dude, LGH. We don't uh, get any. No, that's pre-recorded, my right, friend. Alright, start again, start again. I'm Morgan Hanso. And I'm Dave Hanso. And we believe that every person is created with unique passions and talents. And yet most of us don't live as if that's true. Welcome to the LGH TV Podcast. Hello, hello. We are joined today with a very special guest, friend, artist, family member. Well, he's become like a family member. Extended family member. Patrick Maxey is in the house. What, what? Literally in our house. (laughs) Because once again, we are in our kitchen. At a kitchen table. Hanging out with me, Maxie. But we got an amazing opportunity to hang out with my parents. Uh, Patrick went with us. We just went to Lake Powell for the last four days. Yeah. With the kiddos. It was a much needed break. Yeah. Amazing uh, canyon finger, canyon lamb lake. Um, if you don't know of Lake Powell, it's in Utah. And it's this incredible lake that's expansive and it has these cliffs that are just majestic these like terracotta walls that are like 500 feet yeah tall and it's just beautiful you could probably google it yeah you should because i'm not doing it justice patrick what do you think about lake Powell? it's like a whole another world utah you have states you have colorado arizona california and the whole state of utah is like mars just yeah. stuff that you wouldn't believe mountains and water and you're like, I'm not on this planet anymore, but you're in Utah. Yeah. It is like its own planet. Yeah. We rode a hot dog. We did. We rode this huge hot dog inflatable. It's like a banana boat that you pull behind a, a boat, but it was a hot dog. A wild ride. Yeah. It was a wild ride. We it was a fun fishing. weekend. We went treasure hunting. I got to use my metal detector I got for Christmas a couple of years ago. We went surfing behind the boat. If you were dragging too far behind on the hot dog, everybody yelled, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. I think there's going to be a lot of laughter on and that this That was a one. good one. That was good. That was well, hey, before we jump into it, we just want to update you a couple things. Last week, we told you guys about um, a big announcement that we wanted to make, and we wanted uh, the reason why we waited was because we wanted to um, just ensure that it was going to be going through, and we got word, and it is. So, Let's without further ado, so we are officially premiering the fine season two at. The Hollywood Film Festival in September. And we are incredibly honored and really excited. So September 23rd through the 27th, we will be in L.A. at the Hollywood Film Festival where we will show episodes. I think one and two we're showing. We're not showing the whole season. Uh, The big October 23rd date, we'll get to that in a second, is still happening here in Grand Junction. Um, But the Hollywood Film Festival has asked us to come and speak on a couple different panels about the future of TV, 
uh, and where we kind of think it's going alongside, uh, alongside of other industry professionals. We're going to be showing a couple episodes from the new season. We're going to walk down a red carpet. So if anybody out there has any fashionista, fashion designer friends, love to know about that. That's a little weird. Um, yeah, and uh, I think we're getting some type of an award as well. So anyway, we couldn't be more honored, and it, it there literally isn't a bigger um, venue for us to get to show uh, part of the, the new season. Um, so we're so excited, and we'll let you know and follow, let probably bring the podcast with us to LA and let you all in on, on what that's, how that's going and uh, what the responses are like. And, um, and then, yeah, the October 23rd date coming up, the official full season world premiere here in the amazing Grand Junction, Colorado, uh, at the Avalon Theater, October 23rd, doors open at 6, uh, showing starts at 7, and then at 9 o'clock after the showing, uh, we're going to do a meet and greet with uh, and a Q&A with filmmakers. We're going to have live art by yours truly, Patrick Maxey. Uh, he's going to be doing... What are you going to be doing that night? I'll be painting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get their hopes up too much. No, I'll be painting something awesome. And I love... I really love when people come up and chat and say, hey, especially uh, little kiddos and anyone inspired by art and just say hello and... Uh, ask some questions and, and get inspired and feel inspired and inspire me. So definitely come on by and uh, check it out. And then our good friend, mutual good friend, Brad Corrigan with the band Dispatch. He is going to be there playing some live music. And also Ray, who lives in New York City, will be coming out with Brad as well. He is a amazing world-class percussionist. I don't know. So... <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't know why Patrick's laughing. Pat, by the way, everybody, Patrick has gotten very nervous at the moment he thought we put pressed record. It's been very fun to see him get nervous in front of a mic. Um, but no, really. Yeah, Ray, it's going to be a fun... The percussionist yep. from New York City is going to be coming to join Brad in the music afterwards. Yep. And then... And we do have the sticker backs, like we said last week. I'm holding them up, although you can't see them. But some amazing stickers, like Jump First, Fear Later, Don't Let Them Tame You, Fortune Favors the Bold. Great designs, but these sticker packs are on the LGH store. So it's lgh.tv. So check them out. So Patrick Maxey, well, let us just start a little bit about... Um how we met and over the last how long has it been four or five years we've known each other yeah five years i believe and um met through some mutual friends you were in my hometown in uh, flagler beach florida during the surf competition there and i was doing a mural and met through our good buddy mr matt Catsolis. and uh yeah he approached me and i approached you and we decided to do some design work together do, do some drawings and uh saw your film moving on uh, a while ago, yes. five years ago or so, and uh, yeah, from there we just uh, started doing artwork, design work, just like uh, just like any other client or business buddy, and then realized we had a ton in common and became like super tight friends, which is awesome, especially when you can work have friends that you work with over the years. Well, and we followed you a little bit before that, you know, as we were following Jedediah clothing, you would do stuff for Jedediah. Once in a while, we would see that, and 
see things online. And then where were we in Florida? Where we at some burrito place. And oh, we yeah. had a huge mural and Dave was like, I think that's that Patrick guy and I don't know, was you that You remember a, that? I don't remember that at all. Was it I love in it. In what town was that? Saint memory. Augustine? Yeah, or? there's a there's a couple of them. There's one in Flagler, there's one in Saint Augustine and I've done a lot of murals over the years, so yeah. um, you know, the sporadic ones here and there that are they're always fun. So um yeah, started with teacher designs and then from there I don't even know how much longer later. I feel like it was just maybe four or five months later. You were like, hey, want to come on out to Junction and do a mural for the Moving On film? And I was like totally into it because all the all the guys, the director, art director, they're all best buds that I grew up with. Yeah. And I just was a perfect fit. And Yeah, that was during the edit-a-thon for, for Moving On. We had to get really creative with how we <laughs> finished the movie. Um, it was such a huge undertaking. We had never worked on a feature-length film, and so we flew out the entire film crew and we basically said to them, hey, what if we rent a home for you for a month? You guys work like crazy day and night for three weeks. Um, and we had Patrick, we had you come out and work on the the night we told the filmmakers we would show basically a premiere to 200 people here in, in our town. They would work like crazy, get a rough cut done of moving on. We'd show what we had. And that night you did a live mural and had worked a little bit on it beforehand, I think. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the LGH office right yeah. now. Yeah, it's in the back of in, in the back the of the LGH warehouse. The... Yeah, and that was probably the first completed piece, I'd say, of numerous ones over the years. Which is <laughs> super, <laughs> super fun from all different projects. But yeah, that's the very first one, I believe. Right. And then we've collaborated over the years. You actually took a trip with Dave and some other guys to... Uganda. Uganda, for the Art of Collaboration project. What What did you do there? Explain, explain to the good folks. <laughs> yeah, we started a Kickstarter project and and ran it and raised enough funds for us all to go over there and uh, spent quite some time there. I honestly forget how long it was. I feel like it was two months, but I don't know <laughs> if it was. But yeah, living all together in a house of like. 15 people or something yeah. and, and painting a bunch of different um, murals at, uh, mainly at the schools um, where the kids kids really needed it um, you know every everybody I spoke to there was super just excited like the, the principals or people in charge of school were like paint whatever you want you know they were so yeah. excited and the kids seriously one of my favorite places to ever paint with the kids because they were so respectful they would guard the guard the walls with paint I mean I don't know how deep you want to go into this, yeah. but like every country that I've gone and painted murals at, it's a different story for paint. I remember having such a hard time in Uganda trying to find certain colors. So, I mean, you can you can see online, but the murals themselves are only, they're black and white with a touch of blue because we had the hardest time finding colors. And the black is actually car enamel used to paint cars. <laughs> so it would take days to dry. And I was like, this is not going to work. Just a little bit of rain or just one handprint and this thing's ruined. And it was amazing. The kids are just insanely just generous and kind over there. They would guard it at night and just watch you and ask you tons of questions. And seriously, one of my favorite places to paint. And I think while I was there, I think I did five pieces. And we just bust them out in about a day each and just ask And these them. were huge. These weren't tiny paintings. Some yeah. of them were as tall as, like, how how big? Uh, two, four, I think the um, the crane was almost two stories, probably. Yeah, two, two stories high. Yeah. 
But yeah, they would change. I would have ideas like, I'm going to do this. And the kids would be like, no, Penta Tilapia. And I'm like, you guys have fish here? Okay. Oh, Lake Victoria. Totally makes sense. And I would just change it up right then and sketch it out. And the, pretty much the kids voted on what they wanted. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. Wow. So it was super fun. Just different world, though, every time you travel. And I mean, it was great to have really good friends there close by. And I think I stayed longer. Didn't I leave yeah. after you guys? Yeah. I, I think, think you're probably only there two weeks because I know with kids and everything, you know, you guys probably went for two weeks and I think you stayed longer. I think yeah. you maybe doubled that amount of time or yeah. something and continued just to be with people and be with some of our volunteers and staff. And I think you painted maybe another mural or two after I left. But yeah, that was an amazing trip. We went with some, some great guys and... Um, yeah, it was incredible for me just to see, yeah, a simple thing like art really liven up communities that otherwise wouldn't have had that. So, and I know for a fact that if you go to Jinja, Uganda today, um, you you will find some of his murals around town. Plus, what else will they find? These, <laughs> you little, do these hidden little things. Little all chickens. Over. I love doing, almost any town I go to when I paint, I love doing little hidden fun things just for my own amusement. And then sometimes people find them. And then in Jinja, I actually made a little like chicken stencil because I saw these little chickens everywhere and people had them as pets and just all over running in the streets. And I was like, I got to do a couple of these. And I did like a little mama chicken and a little, or no, it was two little baby chickens and just kept spraying them. I'm like, are we allowed to? And I would just jump out of the van and spray it on the (laughs) side of like downtown or spray it on the front of a school. And I think at this one school, I did like at least five little chickens and the kids would follow me. And like hold the stencil for me and be like, I'd be like, it's a secret. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> like they'd be hiding around the bathrooms and things wow. like that. It's like so fun. Ginger Binksy street art. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Well, here in Junction, Grand Junction, um, Patrick visited us one time and uh, he said, hey, yeah, I, 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 I hid some some things around town that you guys will see. And literally for months, we we found the first one in the first couple of days, but he would put a smiley face. Eyeballs. Eyeballs. At, right? Am I, am I right? Yeah, like these little sticker stop- eyeballs at like a stop sign or on like an electrical post. I mean, we're talking all around our city. and uh, Just I mean, making inanimate objects animated yeah. to have some sort of humor. like. So I uh, pull up to a stop sign at a Starbucks like, three months later and I look up at the stop sign and there are two eyeballs looking back at me that Patrick put up, you know, months before when, when he was around and, and I got, got a laugh out of it. So it's always fun. Always doing silly stuff. Yeah. And then you also did the, in the midst of hope, the art show. show, Yeah. Yeah, You you curated an amazing art show for LGH and we had artists from all over the world send in pieces um, photographers, fine artists, painters, I don't know, all different types of art mediums. Yeah, I mean, I work with a bunch of different nonprofits over the years, and I've really stuck with you guys, with LGH, not because you're, you're my, you know, my friends, but like, it's usually a cause that I believe in. And one of my goals in life has always been to curate an art show, and I was like, what a better way to like combine the, my, one of my goals of curating with an organization that's doing an amazing job. And reached out and it was a ton of work like months and months of work and then I was like what am I doing I don't even know but I'm going to reach out to some of my favorite artists and it was 40 artists in the show and I was here for almost a month yeah setting it up with the help of some of your interns and 
and just rocked it. I remember the opening. I was so excited, like having so many people come in and how much work we sold and how much work was donated and all for the cause. And it was great. It really turned out an amazing night. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And it was fun for us, too, to bring something to this town in the form of art like that. You know, you don't typically get that caliber of artists from around the world all in one location, especially usually in a smaller town like this. So that was pretty awesome to get to be the ones that helped brought that. Yeah. Brought that vibe to downtown GJ. Yeah. Well, in case you haven't figured it out, and I don't know, maybe we weren't super clear when we started, but so Patrick, you are an artist by profession. That's what you do. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you, yeah, came into art and realized that you had a passion for art. Um, I... I always tell people I grew up in a creative household. My mom always played music, and my dad always did art, shirt designs. But both my parents were educators, so I grew up um, just starting art like at a super, super early age. So at six years old, seven years old, I remember I, I walked into my dad's little shirt company and showed them one of my images. And I mean, I was so little, I don't remember how it started, but basically I got my own shirt design company called Four Kids by Kids, and I would draw different designs for this company and they would sell uh locally um around where I lived and it was it was pretty fun and just from then I stuck with it I remember all through fifth grade I had a special drawing teacher I would have to go to and then all through high school I took every art class I could even ones that didn't even exist because I took so many of them and I just I just knew this is what I wanted to do I just kept drawing and drawing and drawing um and then I went to art school and a lot of people, are, they see art, and they're like, oh, man, it comes so easy for you. How do you do it? And it definitely was not like an overnight thing. Like, this is my whole life. I've been drawing and drawing and drawing. And I tell people all the time, like, just remember something that you loved when you were a little kid and stick with it. Like, if you love dancing, you love singing, like, stick with those things. I mean, it could be anything. A lot of people forget it. They're like, oh, I forgot. You don't forget. You still have it there. You just got to keep pursuing it and pushing it and challenge yourself. That's the biggest thing. Don't just get stuck in the rut. And so that's what I've tried to do for so long, even when times get super tough, just being like, no, this is this is what makes me happy, what I enjoy being a little kid and having that like childlike wonder stick with you, even as an adult. So has it always been easy to continue to um, both challenge yourself and to continue fighting for even even that passion now as a as an adult? Yeah, I mean, you want to make it sound like a, a perfect little movie of like, yeah, I just do art full time. It's amazing. It's wonderful. But no, it's always a struggle. I mean, we always think we have like, you know, on paper or on the internet, it looks like amazing. Like, oh, look at him. He's just killing it. He's just traveling. He's just doing art. But there's that constant struggle when you're like, you doubt yourself and you're just like, I don't know what the world am I, what am I doing right now? Like with my life or what, why am I even doing this? And those things always come to play. Even people you look up to all the time, you, you think they always have it together, and they definitely don't. But there's always been times um, when the struggle has been there, and you have to help pay bills, so you have to get little side jobs. I mean, this isn't a side job, but I got a degree in art and graphic design and painting. And I, um, you know, told time after time by society, like, you're not going to make it. You're going to be, you know, 
living in a van down by the river. <laughs> I mean, like, so you got to get another job. So both my parents were educators, and I, you know, I was like, all right, I can do this. I've worked with kids forever, and I love kids. That's what keeps my, like, childlike wonder, like, alive. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go into education. This could be a nice little backup and got a, you know, a teaching degree. And I taught high school art for a couple years in Florida and then realized over time, like, this is, I'm not painting at all. I'm not doing what I want to be doing. And that's the struggle when you have to, you know, live your, your dream job, but also be able to help pay the bills. It's a, it's a delicate balance there. That's just always a huge struggle. And I quit that job. I had an awesome, you know, good paying job. And I was like, I'm just going to go into art, go back to art full time and pushed it and pushed it. And man, it definitely is, is a struggle. But like even even now I have, you know, uh, after school job working with kids, teaching them art. Well, gosh, I think we could relate to that, too. I feel like there's been seasons with LGH where things have been going smoothly and from the outside it probably looks like we're doing awesome and there has been times where we've done awesome where we had interns and people living here in Grand Junction and we had staff and um and then there's been times like the times we're currently in where there's actually no paid staff with LGH right now and we are having to supplement you know our income through Dave's design work and other side things. So, I mean, we totally get it. It's that, you know, that vulnerable place between knowing what makes you come alive, the passions that you have, and the things that you want your life to be about, but knowing that you also have bills to pay. And, you know, for us, we have a family to provide for. And how do you find the balance? And also, how do you continue to live your life now and not believe that it begins when? You know, if we were to wait and say, well, we should just put LGH on the back burner until we can, you know, go out and raise the funds and get the foundations and sponsorships and whatever else we need in order to make it financially stable. Um, Well, I don't know. What if that? that, Yeah, I don't think that would ever come. What if it doesn't come? And then in the meantime, I think we would miss out on some amazing opportunities. And so... It is a lot of sacrifice, and like you're saying, Patrick, it's a ton of work and some stress often, but I don't know that we'd want it any other way. Yeah. Another huge part I just thought of real quick is is people look at art, or they look at LGH, and they're like, oh, you just like push your little company, or you just go you know, doodle with your little paintbrush over there. No, there's a huge aspect of it that's business side. It's nonstop emails. It's contacts on the phone. I spend more days, time sitting in front of a computer contacting people or doing social things online than I than I am painting which stinks but like when you're your own person and you're pushing yourself you guys know you have to yeah. push it all the time I mean forget the fact that I don't have kids I don't know how you deal <laughs> with having some kids too and everything else going on that's just too much on my plate but <laughs> you guys do that so yeah. yeah, Yeah. just so many things that people, like, they don't see. And even us, we, there's so many people, I, you know, I look up to and, like, they're amazing. But you don't see the behind the scenes of everything that goes into that hard work or anything they're going through in life. And you just have to step back when you're idolizing someone or looking up to them and be like, they're just people. They're yeah. just like us, which is it's a huge thing. And when you realize that, you're just like, we're all amazing and we're all in the same mud together. Yeah. So just enjoy being at it and step back and laugh at it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Ugh. That's, That's good. That's good. 
And I'm sure it's like what people say from the outside. I mean, you're showing at galleries across the U.S. You have people buying your artwork from all over the world. You're traveling the world with different organizations painting. And, you know, I think maybe people would say the same thing about LGH. You're traveling the world. You're getting to go to this film festival. And those are just the highlights. But you're right. The day-to-day is the... Oh my gosh, I'm swimming in emails. I have to check up on the business insurance. We have to rewrite the policy because you know we're down in, we don't have employees right now. I mean, it's just crazy the day-to-day stuff that sometimes kind of feels like slog and keeps you from doing the stuff you want to do, but it's so necessary and it's just kind of about that perception. Yeah, and I hope none of this comes across as depressing because the truth is... I know, is, I feel like we need to add a joke yeah. in here right here. <laughs> okay, we can, no, no, but the truth is, is it's not depressing. This is real. This this is this is the side um, that will never look sexy on an Instagram post. This is the side mm-hmm. that will never look great on a Facebook post um, or on, a, on an e-newsletter we shoot out or, um, or any of the organizations or celebrities or people that you follow and... Um, but th- this is this is the real side of it, and so it isn't depressing. Um, actually, we've come to learn over time that this is just a part of it. This this is this is what it looks like to do this kind of work. Um, what you know, I've I've always said it. I personally would be stressed working at Starbucks. I would. I'm just that kind of person. I would be. I would care about the work I was doing, and I'd be stressed working at Starbucks or construction or whatever. So how, how lucky are we that we get to be stressed for something that we love? Or we get to be financially strained for something that we actually really believe in? Very few people get that opportunity. and so, um, But to understand that that stress and that financial strain or that worry, um, I think it's a part of doing work like this. It's just the part that nobody ever talks about. On a regular basis, what keeps you inspired? Uh, I mean, there's just a, a ton of things in life. For me, I mean, I moved to Colorado three years ago, and the biggest thing for me has been getting outside. I got outside a lot growing up in Florida. My parents were awesome and took me camping and things like that. But being here in Colorado, there's just so many mountains and things you can explore and hike. And I've been here three years, and I think I've seen 1.2% of Colorado. Mm-hmm. It's just vast and amazing. So being able at least once a week to go on a hike or go camping is just really key to keep me in balance Um, Because if I'm inside, like I'm painting or drawing, I'm inside and alone a lot. So to be able to get outside, meet new people, or just go hiking is is really cool. I mean, even when I'm not hiking, I can just sit there. This is probably going to sound dorky, but just like watching like uh, an elk or a chipmunk like do their own little thing is pretty awe-inspiring just to see what they do in nature. And then to me, when I see that, it makes me feel just insignificant but in a good way it makes all my email garbage or problems like melt away and i'm like look at this chipmunk he's just burying nuts running around (laughs) and has no clue that there's a war going on here a kid starving over here this insane stuff that we worry about or not even that just normal stress of life and relationships that we stress about and and just put yourself in that those shoes the environment um and not just nature i mean i said it before i've worked with kids for so long kids keep me so on my toes like I just I don't ever want to have that feeling like I've grown up at all like just being goofy hearing ridiculous jokes like I mean that's one of the one of the reasons I'm awesome friends with you guys because you have 
kids that are just normal being kids saying goofy, ridiculous things like they did this past weekend on Lake Powell. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You're driving me crazy. But it's keeping me on my toes and keeping life hilarious. So those three things, or those two things, like hiking, nature, like just being a kid is just always uh, inspiring and breaks up the monotony of each day. I think you even see a little bit of that in your art, right? Um, you like to mix typically... Well, look around. I mean, we're in our dining room. They can't look around. It's on the radio. Oh, yeah. Room. That's true. <laughs> but this if is our were... kitchen dining room, and we have four pieces of Patrick Maxi art. Actually, every piece of art in here is from you. Yeah, there are four. But all of them have... I mean, you're an amazing artist, and you could make very serious pieces if you wanted. Um, but all of the ones we're looking at have like a whimsical take on them right i mean they're, yeah. they're typically animals and then they're put in some really unique situation some interesting environment whimsical environment yeah i mean a lot of times they are my own personal pieces are they used to be a late race like based a lot on political issues social issues but a lot of times relationship issues stuff that i'm going through seriously in life but i try to use humor in my art to kind of to push it out there and get it out of my system so things that make me laugh are just seeing little animals like, you know, mixed together in odd environments like, you know, an owl with antlers hanging out on an octopus like over in Madagascar with a penguin from Antarctica. Like things like you're like, what is going on in here? But it's like, this is the real story of this. But it's told through like a, a goofy, whimsical way, which makes things fun. And people just, when they laugh at it or if they have a, a side of the story that they're getting out of it, it just, I love being able to see that. So I'm just curious to, you know, I think there's so many people out there um, who have these passions, things that maybe you're, when you talk about things that they thought about doing as a child or things that they have thought, oh, that's something I kind of want to do or I'm passionate about that. Yet, I think a lot of times people hold off on things until the time is right. Like, I'll do that when... I'm a certain age or when I am financially stable and can do that or when I can do that full time. And I think part of that is what we're talking about here is that I don't think there's ever a perfect time to start something. Like there really is no time like the present. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to jump in here real quick. Yeah. One of my good buddies always tell me when you're living in the future or living in the past, you are not living in the present. And that's key to so many things in life. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and I think that there are, that is the case, and I think that there's so many people, too, that don't take that initial first step because they don't know how it's all going to end up. But sometimes it's just about taking that first step because we don't know where that where it's going to lead to. And it may be that you're just doing something on the side at night once you put the kids down to bed. Or maybe it's that you are just doing something on the weekend or you know, but you just don't know what that could turn into. Yeah, I mean, you just have to, to get completely out of your head, away from what society is telling you, away from anyone telling you of like, oh, you probably can't do that or you shouldn't do that. Just step back and be like, this is what I enjoy. And I think I'm pretty good at it. I see it with kids all the time. Like they have some little hidden talent. And over time, people just lose that. They just, for some way, society tells them to push it to the side, just forget about it. And and that's what we really enjoy out of life. That was our given talent that, you know, we're supposed to be pursuing. And so, and it just gets pushed to the side so many times. 
I'll use an example right here. I have a good friend that recently I had no clue that he wrote ever, and he just came came up to me. I don't see him that often, maybe twice a year, and he's like, "Hey, I've I've written a book, and I just want to share it with you." And I was like, really blown away. And he just started going into depth about this book, and I was like, "This is amazing!" And like when you share a hidden talent that people don't know you have. I guarantee 100% of the time, like, people are going to be impressed. Like, I had no clue you did that. Like, that's that's pretty darn amazing. Well, I think that's an interesting topic. I'm just curious, like, for both of you guys, um, what is the one thing that you would say that if you there was no boundaries, the one inkling that's stirring in your heart of something that you, like, the hidden talent you have or something you want to try? I'm, I know I keep talking a lot here, but I mean, Dave is one of my good friends. I talk to him almost every day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, there's things I definitely tell him like, oh, I, I want to do this book idea. Or I want to do this idea. And there's things he's told me. I mean, the funny part is, is we've come to learn that, that you actually can go try any of those things. So if, if I say something, I'm a little worried, um, that somebody's going to hold your feet to the fire? Well, that, I, that, well, that I'm going to be holding myself to it. If I really have some hidden passion or hidden idea or hidden project that I want to try, um, I want to know why I'm not doing it. Can we just put it out on the table publicly that we are doing the breakdance video that Dave and I have been working on for several years? Because <laughs> that has got to go public one day. That's it's going, going to be viral. amazing. It will go day, viral. One day that it's, thing will be... Uh, that one good. dance move with the pin and the baton... <laughs> It's going to change people's lives. I know it will. I think so. That's I think my you're favorite on the one. I always want to do a, a music video. I love doing uh, Honestly, about, about once a week, Morgan tries to convince the kids and I that we need to go film a dance video of some sort. Or a music video, even though none of us are musically talented at all. That's not mine. No, to be honest, uh, I. it's going to sound like this is a cop-out, but um, for a while now I've wanted to work... Uh, with media and try to figure out a way that it could kind of impact the world. And so, you know, the truth is, is I'm not an actor and, um, I'm not even necessarily a filmmaker. Um, but what, what we do, what we do have is our family. We do have our past experiences working in Africa. And then we had a past experience of creating, uh, and producing a film. And so we started with what we had and we pitched the TV show idea, and here we are a couple of years later, and yeah, we're in finishing so season two. So you're saying you're living the dream. Your dream? I mean, to be honest, it's it's way messier and harder than I ever thought, and one day I would love for this just to be our full-time job, And um, but, but yeah, to be honest, um, yeah, this is one of those crazy ideas of, of a TV show or a web series that that we're actually getting to do. It's pretty incredible. What about you? Uh, as I, I reheard the, the question response, there's a gazillion things like I always want to do, but if you do too many things, you wear yourself thin. I mean, I mean, growing up, I always wanted to be an amazing skateboarder, and I wasn't. My brother and I skateboarded all the time growing up. We grew up near the beach. I wanted to be an amazing surfer. Didn't really happen. And I mean, even now, like, the people I look up to, I I really like people who can do have great woodworking skills. I watch a lot of videos on Vimeo of like people who build tree houses or like art sculptures or build their own tiny homes and things like that. People who can just do really cool woodworking skills, and I have no knowledge of how to use 
certain tools and I'm like man I could paint you a drill but I can't I don't really know how to do this and it would just be something like just for fun there's no real reason like why money making but I've just I've done art projects in the past that have combined woodworking with painting and I've just been amazed by it just because it's just like something I, I didn't grow up with of being able to carve and things like that I really like that wow. so you want to be a whittler no not a whittler <laughs> You can I just look up to it's not something I need to do. No, I'm not gonna be an old grandpa whittling. Here you go. But uh it's um you know, just something cool. There's a gazillion things. I mean all on the internet you watch like, whoa, I wanna be able to do that and I'll say this real quick. The uh when we push ourselves we can do like it sounds so cliche, but like when we push ourselves we can do like amazing things. There's constantly like I look back and I'm like, Whoa, I had no clue I'd be here a year ago. And then the next year, like, whoa, I can't believe I'm showing in this many galleries or, whoa, I'm doing this project. Like, we, I mean, we just got back from Lake Powell and I'm thinking in my head, like, all these different lists of projects I have going on. Like, next month there's three murals I have to do. Like, that's a lot of murals, a lot of time to be painting. And not just in one place. It's three different locations that I have to fly to. And again, I don't want to keep talking about art, even though that's what I do. I, I always want to relate it to anything. Your normal job. If you're a car mechanic and you can, you know, you're just working on Toyotas one day and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I just worked on a BMW. I don't know if that's impressive car people out there. But <laughs> when it's something new that's different than the same monotonous thing, it pushes you so much. So episode one, Brad, and I, we talked about this in the first podcast, about how he says that you you just don't know what saying yes to an invitation will bring you into, um, even if you're filled with fear and you say yes. And I think that's what you're saying. It's like when we say yes to something and we give ourselves permission to step out into something, we don't know where that yes is going to lead us. And when you do step out, you're going to be amazed looking back six months, a year later, at where it has brought you because that one yes opens the door a little bit farther into something else. And before you know it, you may have an incredible like career change, you know, 180 degrees, but that's not what you set out to do at the beginning. You just said yes to this one thing and now here you are and the doors have opened and you're finding yourself in a completely different situation that you would have never dreamed possible. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, we do a lot of things out of money. I heard someone today actually say, like, why are you pushing this if there's no money involved? And it's exactly what you said. There might not be any money involved at that moment. But later in life, even if it is about money, it opens a door for something else down the line. It could just be meeting up with someone randomly for coffee, and you're like, whoa, I just met this person. I'm meeting for coffee, and now it's turning into, like, a meeting in LA that you have to go fly to and meet so-and-so and and you're just stoked on that. You never know. Just say yes as much as you can to things and and push that that fear and things that people tell you to the side. Yeah. I think that's a big component. Yeah. What do you do with the voices in your head, especially when you work alone or these things that you have that are stirring are just kind of in you? It's really easy for those voices to drown out you know, your bravery and your courage. Yeah. How do you, how do you subdue those voices that the naysayers, you know? Yeah. Well, and we're the worst critic of ourselves. That's for sure. I mean, in comparison, uh, kills probably passion more than anything I know. Um, it's so easy for me to compare where we're at to where other people are at. 
and uh, and that'll that'll kill our passion pretty much quicker than anything else. So, but even the more reason for us to be vulnerable and share this side of stuff. You know, the fact that it can't be your full time job. You know, you you are a professional artist, but you also have to do stuff on the side. And you know, we run a nonprofit, but we have to do stuff on the side. And I think for us too, as we've heard other people's stories, even people like we've looked up to in the nonprofit world or in the business world. Um, that we've gotten to know over the years, and we've heard their behind the scenes, I think we've been like, oh my gosh, they're human too? Like, they went through something where they almost gotten taken out, and their organization or their business almost went down, or, you know, and look where they are now. And, And I'm not saying like that, like, we're going down. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you hear people's behind the scenes, and you hear how, um, people have overcome circumstances or how they've had to struggle to get where they're at. It just brings this like deep breath of like, Oh, we're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're just like me. Well, with that, I just want to say to you, Patrick, um, you are one of the few friends of ours who, um, has continued to just say yes. Uh, to your passion and yes to dreaming big for your own life and yes even when financially it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um, but because you know the impact that your art can have and because it just simply makes you come alive um, it's fun for us to have you as a friend so thank you thanks thank for being you <laughs> thank you thanks yes and uh, thanks for making amazing art. We are, like we said earlier, so pumped to have him um, come out for the the season two premiere in October here in Grand Junction. Um, on the podcast link uh, for this podcast, we'll put up some of the art that um, that Patrick mentioned, and we mentioned some of the art he did in Uganda with us, and um, maybe some other some other artwork. So just go to LGHTV and. Click on the Patrick Maxey interview link under podcasts, and um, yeah, you can check out some of his work. Um, where can they find you at? Um, you guys can always go to my website. It's patrickmaxeyart.com. My last name is M-A-X-C-Y. Um, and then, again, it's, it's on Instagram. I post a ton on there, um, Twitter, Facebook. It's all just my name, Patrick Maxey. Um, and all the links are from the website as well, so you can hop on social media, follow away, or just hop on the website and send me a hello. A little message now and then never hurts, and uh, I love hearing from people. Yay! Yes. So, um, in keeping with the way that we usually end our podcasts, we try to talk about what we have either seen or read or watched or listened to this past week that has kept us inspired. I I mentioned before, things inspire me or... Or nature and getting out there. And just this last month, I mean, I've gone backpacking. I've gone camping with you guys for like five days. Um, that's super inspiring. But then when I'm home by myself, I mean, I, I, I there's little things. I, I'll just see a, a little lady out my window, like, um, you know, watching the bees that are actually out there. There's actually bees outside my window in a honeybee uh, house. And just seeing that, like... And wondering what she's thinking of how amazed she is at the world and these little bees just working away and, and just unfazed by everything that's going on around him. That 
sounds so dumb, but it is really inspiring just to see like these bees working away or this little old lady watching them. So basically, we need to go out and play with bees. That's what you're don't recommending. Play with the bees. Just don't kill them. <laughs> just drink some coffee and watch the bees and take a breath now and then, and you'll click yeah. back in. Did you hear that? Yeah. Click back in to uh, your daily life. Yeah. Well, and following Sue, I would say that. For me, it's been the outdoors this week. Um, I don't do sitting well at all. I mean, I was going to say sitting down, but like, I, I just don't slow down. I know one speed, and that's like crazy, and just do, do, do. And so to get away for you know four and a half days to be somewhere where you don't have social media, where you don't have computers, where you don't have access, you know, to be connected, it's like a forced. Um, I don't know. I mean, I was like, it's not like I was going through withdrawals, but it's just hard to like come down off of doing. And so to sit and just relax and be is really difficult for me, but it's also been so good. And I think to, to be in nature, to see these majestic cliffs and to, you know, be in the middle of Utah in the middle of nowhere and look up and see the stars and see the Milky Way and just feel so small but like you said small in a in a significant way and it's an oxymoron but you're just like oh my problems my issues my fears my stresses it's not a, it's not that big a deal in the grand scheme of the universe and what's going on and who I am and you know we talk about yeah just like we believe that God cares more about who we are and who we are becoming more than what we are doing. And so how do we fill ourselves and let ourselves breathe and be energized? And um, that was good for me. Yeah. Wow. Well, mine is, uh, I'm going to mix it up a little bit, um, a rapper, an MC, uh, who has been inspiring me a lot lately. His name's MC Yogi, uh, Y-O-G-I. Uh, and just go check him out. Google search MC Yogi. I promise you will be happily surprised, even if you're not a huge fan of hip hop or um, that kind of music. Uh, yeah, you're gonna. He's like a certified yoga instructor, apparently, as well. And in his live concerts, he uh, he'll do like yoga with thousands of people in in an audience, but. Yeah, incredibly talented, amazing, lyrically just beautiful, and uh, and just a just a really good hip hop artist. So yeah, think, and you guys did a little uh, dance party. You and Patrick got oh down on gosh. the back of the boat with oh a little MC Yogi. Yes, we did. We listened to him in uh, Lake Powell, and we had a little dance party in the back. Um, Which I caught on video, and you can see on Facebook. Nope, it's not on the not on Facebook. No, you're, you're not going to find not that on Instagram that. at all. It's nowhere. Don't go check that out. Well, hey, thank you so much once again. That is a wrap. You can find LGH online on Twitter at, L- at LGH underscore TV. On Instagram, the same, at LGH underscore TV. On Facebook, just search for LGH. And, of course, you can always find us at www.lgh.tv. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Hey, it's been a pleasure, guys. Peace out, guys. No, come no, on. I say, don't say peace out. <laughs> what do you say? Say it in a weird voice. I know you want it. I was, going, I was totally come going on. to. I, I saw it. You didn't even, then you pulled back. Go. All right, let's hear him. 
Hi, Kermit the Frog here. That's so dumb. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I won't put this on. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure you won't. Excuse me, have you seen my football? I haven't seen your football in three years. Get off of my yard. She's so mean.